Parenting is often lived in the extremes. It's either great joy or chaotic overwhelm. In one moment, you're nailing it, and the next, you're losing your cool. I want to help you find your way to the messy middle, to a place of balance. You see, balance is a verb, not a state of being. It is a thing you do, not a thing you are. It is an action, a process, a series of micro-corrections that you make each and every day to keep yourself feeling centered. We are never truly balanced. We are engaged in the process of balancing. Hello, I'm Dr. Laura Froyan, and this is the Balanced Parent Podcast, where overwhelmed, stressed out, and disconnected parents go to find tools, mindset shifts, and practices to help them stop yelling at the people they love and start connecting on a deeper level, all delivered with heaping doses of grace and compassion. Join me in conversations that will help you get clear on your goals and values and start showing up in your parenting, your relationships, your life with open-hearted authenticity and balance. Let's go. In this episode of the Balanced Parent Podcast, I'm going to be giving you my five best tips for keeping your patience with your kids. This episode was originally recorded as a live video and the tips in it are just too good to leave on Facebook. And so I wanted to share them with you in this podcast. Let's take a listen. Today, we are going to be talking about patience and how to keep your patience with your kids or how to avoid losing your patience with your kids. Now, I know that this is a topic that is near and dear to a lot of people's hearts. I asked my audience about, um, in my groups, about what they wanted to hear from me on, and this was like way outperform the other options. So that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about how to not lose your patience with your kids. And I have a few quick tips for you on it, uh, five total, and we're going to jump right in on them. Um, So as you're hopping in, say hi. If you have questions, always feel free to interrupt me. I like being interrupted. I like doing a little bit of live coaching on these uh, talks topics um, on these talks. And um, so feel free to interrupt me. Okay, so we are going to get started. So losing your patience with your kids. Um, The number one thing that I see parents do and when I talk to them in our coaching sessions uh, is that they are waiting too long to hold a limit. Now, so and then when, if they are asking their child to do something over and over again or asking their child not to do something over and over again, they've asked it three or four times and then they snap and they lose their temper. Um, we lose patience with our kids um, and we use a stern voice. We maybe yell. Um, we maybe help their bodies a little bit more roughly than we um, want to. Um, and we've kind of stepped out of that place where we are parenting from our true values and goals. Uh, and the, I really think that the reason for that is because we waited way too long to set that limit. If you're snapping, if you're losing it, if you're losing your cool, if you're losing your patience, that is a key to you to know I next time I need to set that limit and hold that limit more firmly, 
much sooner. And that will be good, better for everyone. Our kids might not like the limit that we're holding and that's okay. They don't have to like all of our limits, um, especially if we're mindfully choosing limits that are there to keep our kids safe um, or to uphold our family values uh, or keep other people safe. Um, they don't have to like those limits, right? And so the, my number one tip on this, on losing your patience, is to set the and hold the limit earlier. Uh, what does that look like? That looks like if I've said, we're leaving in five minutes, I've given fair warning, or we're leaving after you put these next three blocks on your tower and we have to go to school, and they put the next three blocks on, I'm there. I'm ready to hold that limit. And I say, okay, those three blocks are, have been put on, and now we're going to move to putting our shoes on. And I help them move through that, okay? And that's what I want you guys doing. That's what it looks like. We can't expect a three-year-old or a four-year-old, even a six- or a seven-year-old, to have that kind of that level of self-control to just do what we ask right from the very beginning. Sometimes we have to set and hold that limit. And that's what it looks like. Sometimes holding that limit looks like carrying a crying kid out to the car. Now, of course, we don't like to do that. Um, when we do have to do it, we send love through our arms so that our fingers are soft and gentle when we have to touch them and help their bodies. Um, but that's what holding the limit looks like. And it's not after asking for the third, fourth, or fifth time. It's after asking one time. And when we start holding that limit consistently after asking one time, then they know that they can trust us. They know that when what my mom says or what my dad says is going to happen, is going to happen. I can trust them. I can lean into it. I can relax into it. And I, they follow us. They, we, when we become those confident leaders, they want to follow us and they do. They show up that way when we're showing up with more confidence. Okay. So we're setting that limit and we're holding it much earlier. All right. So that's the number one way. Um, and that's because that, that helps us not lose our patience because we're not testing our patience. There's no, um, our patience kind of system isn't being tested. When we've asked for the third or fourth time, we've been testing it too much on our own systems. And so we really need to be aware of where we are in that. And maybe, maybe one time isn't the right number for you. Maybe you know that, you know, asking two times is after that you start feeling triggered by it. So don't ask a third time. Help set, help them move along to what you need to do. Okay. Um, the next piece that I think is super important is practicing the pause. So when we are feeling triggered, when we feel that sense of our patience is starting to go, we have to be really, really aware of how to get that space. And space is where we get to move from being reactive to being responsive. When something happens and we, re, we react really quickly, oftentimes that space is very short. The pause is what gets that to lengthen out, and then we start to be able to respond more mindfully with more presence and with more intention, right? So we have to get that pause in there. And we don't get that pause by only attempting to have the pause in the moment. Because in those moments, we're triggered. We're not in a good learning state. Um, just like when our kids are throwing a little bit of a tantrum, if we're having a mommy meltdown, we're not good learners right then, okay? We have to practice that pause outside of those moments. And that's what meditation and mindfulness does for us. It helps train our brains to be able to drop in to a moment of pause anytime we need it. 
so that that's a skill, a tool that's accessible to us. It can't be a tool that's accessible to us if we only practice it in the moment when we're triggered. We have to practice it outside of the moment, okay? When our brains are ready to learn, when our brains are ready to upload new information and streamline that process, okay? So that's where mindfulness comes in. That's where self-compassion meditations come in. That's where the three-minute process while you're waiting in line at Culver's, which is a local, <laughs> a local ice cream chain <laughs> that my family goes to, those three minutes like three minutes or maybe you have three minutes before the bell rings when you're picking up your kids or maybe you have two minutes while you're waiting in line at the bank those two minutes of dropping in noticing your breath you can do it anywhere it doesn't have to look a specific way um, getting that practice in training your brain to get to that pause okay so practicing the pause those are the two big things around like how to in the moment garner more patience for your kids okay the next two things that I'm going to talk about are more mindset based. Okay. So this is where you're really working on yourself. Okay. The first one is being really, really kind to yourself, offering yourself grace. I don't know about you, but I know for me that when I start becoming impatient with my kids, I also have this narrative in my head of impatience with myself. Um, where I'm not treating myself with compassion. I'm not treating myself with grace. It's running through my head and it comes out and I, it's almost like playing a game of emotional hot potato. I'm like, Ooh, this doesn't feel good. I'm not being kind to myself. I'm just going to pass this kind of to, to the next person who I interact with. And that happens to be my kids. All right. So being really kind to yourself, if you have a narrative of I'm late for you know, we're going to be late for school. Uh, I'm always at the, the mom who's running in and looking disheveled. And what are people going to think about me? And then we lose a snap and lose our patience with our kids because they're not getting their shoes on fast enough. That's about us. That's on us. That's not being kind and graceful to ourselves. And it is almost impossible to offer our children grace and compassion when we haven't offered that to ourselves first. Okay. So it's starting with ourselves. It's so important that mindset of being able to in the moment, recognize the narrative, start rewording it, and offer ourselves grace and compassion. Okay? It's crucial. And I can teach you how to do that. Um, we don't have time to do that on these lives because I have to keep them, you know, a little bit short. That's This is what I do with my private coaching clients. Um, and it's what I, I'm going to be talking a little bit about this new group coaching program uh, that I've been being begged for. Um, that's what we're that's what we're going to be doing so the next one um the next piece of it that's again it's about you is um really taking really good care of yourself now i know i feel like self-care is something that moms and parents hear about all the time uh, i'm not going to give you another self-care lecture right now um you know what you need to do to take care of yourself but just make sure that it's happening. And I don't mean it does not have to be big stuff. I'm not talking about mani-pedis or hour-long uh, massages or acupuncture sessions that cost a lot of money. I'm talking about the basics, making sure you get enough sleep, alternating with your partner so you can have a moment of rest, getting exercise that feels good to your body, eating foods that are nourishing your body so that you're not hangry with your kids, right? Toddlers are not the only ones who get hangry. We have to take care of ourselves. And these are basics, making sure your basic human needs are met because you are human and you're deserving and your kids deserve a parent whose basic human needs are met because you show up better in your parenting when those needs are met. So again, we're not talking about big 
overwhelming self-care. We're talking about basic human everyday self-care, taking good care of yourself, making sure you're nourished and well-rested so that you can show up in a way um, that's better for your kids. Because when we're well-rested and well-nourished, and I don't mean just nourished physically, I mean nourished emotionally and spiritually, all of those things. When we're well-nourished and we can show up in that way, um, we have more patience. We have more reserves of self-regulation to draw on in those challenging moments, okay? So I'm going to go through those four things real quick that we've talked about first. One is setting the limit earlier. If you're getting to the third or fourth one and that's where you're snapping, you know you're at an area where you have to set the limit on the first try, okay? You set the limit and then you hold it firm right away so that they can trust you. The next one is practicing the pause, engaging in some form of mindful or meditation type practice that allows you to get that space between reacting and responding, okay? So you, in order to be more responsive and less reactive, we have to get that space and you have to practice that pause, okay? The next one is being really, really kind to yourself. So that's number three, offering yourself grace and compassion in the moment so that you can offer your child grace and compassion in the moment rather than just passing on all of those feelings of impatience uh, that we have with ourselves um, to our kids, okay? And the fourth one is taking really good care of yourself, making sure your basic human needs are met because you are worthy, because you are a human who is deserving of rest and nourishment, okay? And then the fifth one, which is the biggest one, and I, I feel like is the biggest struggle that almost all of my clients who come to me have is figuring out your own triggers and healing them, okay? Um, just this morning, I... I feel like my daughter, who's six, has been offering me the opportunity to heal an old wound from childhood over and over these past couple weeks, okay? Because she, uh, for her, her love language is gifts, and her younger sister just had a birthday. And so she has been showing up in a way in our family that is triggering all of these thoughts in my brain about how she's spoiled and she's selfish. She only thinks about herself. She's ungrateful. All of these words that are running through my head that aren't true. They're not true about her. She's, she is generous and compassionate and, and kind. She's beautiful in that way. But her behavior lately has been triggering this narrative for me and it's all about me. It's all, um, it's all around my own feeling of, of worthiness and you know, that, that I'm selfish or spoiled this narrative that I have from old wounds from childhood. And she's been offering me this opportunity lately to really heal from that. Uh, and that's what I need to do. So triggers, we need to identify them and recognize them for the opportunity that they are. Our kids trigger in us things that have gone, old wounds that have gone unhealed for far too long. And um, I have a process for dealing that with that so that when I find these triggers, um, and this is one I didn't even know existed until the past <laughs> couple weeks, um, when I find them, I can heal them and they aren't triggers anymore for me. Um, and so with, when it comes to patience, we mostly lose our patience when we are triggered, right? And so your main job here is to discover, get those triggers, get really curious with them, really kind and compassionate with yourself, understanding that those triggers come from the small child that we once were who was hurt and is hurting still within us and start healing them. And that's, I mean, that's the work that 
of, of parenting with consciousness and intentionality and with presence. Because we, if we have these old wounds, if we have these hurting children running the show in our minds, um, we can't be fully present with our kids because that story, that narrative is taking over. And so I feel really strongly about this around um, triggers and healing them. Okay, so let's summarize how you can go about avoiding losing patience with your kids. First, you set the limit earlier. You practice the pause. That means you engage in time um, outside of those moments so that you can drop into a pause with curiosity and compassion in the moment, right? We don't run a marathon without running. Uh, well, I don't ever run a marathon, <laughs> but we don't, um, we don't go out and run a marathon or even a 5K without training first, right? So the meditation, the mindfulness is the training so that we can have that pause, that space in the moment. So we set the limit earlier. We practice the pause. We offer ourselves grace and kindness so that we can offer that grace and kindness to our kids. We take really good care of ourselves. We make sure our basic needs are met so that we're not showing up to our kids hangry <laughs> so that we can be our best selves with them. And so um, the next step is we figure out our triggers, okay? So we commit to figuring them out, understanding them, and healing them so that they don't show up anymore. And when we do that, patience happens. It just happens. There's more breath. There's more pause. We are in our um, conscious brain and not in our animal brain. And it's beautiful. Okay. If you'd like a copy of those five tips that you can download and print out and post in your home to keep them top of mind, you can find that on my show notes page for this episode. And if you're ready to learn more about how to become a more conscious, compassionate, and respectful parent, then I want to invite you into my course, Respectful Parenting 101. In this course, you will learn exactly why yelling, timeouts, and punishments don't work, what respectful parenting is, which limits you should be setting, and which ones you can confidently let go, and then how to set and hold limits with empathy and respect and in a way that brings you closer into deep, authentic connection with your child. To learn more about how you can join this brand new and life-changing course, simply go to www.laurafroyan.com courses, and I'll get you all the information you need. Doors to Respectful Parenting 101 are open today, and if you join now, you can take advantage of my Mother's Day discount to get the course at the lowest price it will ever be. Now, I'm offering a Mother's Day discount for a very particular reason. We're doing this on Mother's Day because, I don't know about you, but I didn't become a mom for the chance to get jewelry and flowers on Mother's Day. I became a mom because I wanted to have a deep connection with a family. I wanted to have a place where I felt at home. I wanted to have a place where I felt um, that we were creating something really special. And when I'm triggered, when I am parenting from a place of my, um, that's being run by my old narratives, I'm not doing that. I'm not parenting with intention. I'm not parenting with presence. And I'm not creating that space, that, that vision for my family that I really wanted. And so that's what I, I know I want out of my motherhood. Um, and so I'm, I decided to do this at Mother's Day because I, I think I'm not alone in that. I think 
you know, and correct me if I'm wrong. And if you feel differently, that's, that's fine. Maybe you, you did join, uh, become a mom for the flowers and that's fine too. I don't care. Um, but if you became a parent for, um, for that higher purpose, this is for you. And that, that's why we're doing it now in this crucial time. So again, you can check out all of the information on this course at www.laurafroyan.com slash courses, or you can just click the link in the description on this episode. I hope to see you in there. Okay, that's it for this episode. Keep taking really good care of each other and yourselves. And remember, balance is a verb, and you're already doing it. You've got this.